0: Oh, fantastic. It's so good to be in church today. It's so good to see you if you're in the room. I want to welcome a few people. First of all, I want to welcome anyone that's connecting with us online. I want to welcome you if you're new, if this is your first time to Icon Church and also Derby uh, joining us this morning as well, our Derby campus. So come on church, why don't we welcome all those people and then we can, uh, we can, take, uh, we can take our seats. Oh, fantastic. Emma Radakanu. Well done, Gav, you got that one, and Onesiphorus. Uh, not one, one, one Nestor or whatever you said, but anyway, uh, <laughs> there you go, et cetera. Gav's going to check it now with Greek. You'll hear it in a moment. Uh, if you are in another campus or you're watching online and you didn't see that, we were pronouncing names a little bit earlier in the service. I want to start by reading from Mark chapter 16, uh, verses 1 to 8 uh, this morning. And uh, it's after the resurrection. And uh, it says this When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. I love that. God had gone before them. They'd got a concern, but God had gone before them. And even as I'm saying that right now, I think I'm speaking to somebody. You've got a concern, but God has already gone before you. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. Feels like Easter, doesn't it, this morning? See the place where they laid him, but go tell his disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you. He's going before you. <laughs> Again, into Galilee, and there you will see him just as he told, him, told you. Trembling and bewildered, The women went out, fled the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Jeannie and I have got several grandchildren, and many of you know we have this seven-year-old grandson uh, called Zion. And when Zion comes to stay, Zion loves to play hide-and-seek. Anybody else have lots of hide-and-seek games in their house? And Gene is really good at hide and seek. And uh, I asked Zion this week to recreate some of the hiding places, some of the moments where he hid and we couldn't find him. And we had that moment of panic, even though we know he's in the house somewhere or we just can't find him. You know, because sometimes you pretend not to be able to find them, don't you? (laughs) But then there are other times you can't find them. So here, we've got a few pictures. So here's the first one. This is a box at the bottom of our garden. Zion climbs into it, and he shuts the, shut the lid and in the box. And, um, you know, we store cushions and things like that in there. And we couldn't find him. Here's another one. I think I've got five. Uh, of course, the, all of these, he's peering out. But when he hides, he finds a way so that we can't see him. Um... Here's another one. This is in our dining room under the dining table. He pushes the chairs together and he lies on He's quite he's good at this game, etc. Here's my old time. Here's my old-time favorite. That is the washing basket. That is behind some built-in wardrobes. So he opens the built-in wardrobes, gets in the washing basket. Usually it's full, so I don't know what. He's like when he goes home and there he is, you can just see his eyes. And this one, this one is, well, actually, maybe this is my all-time favorite. One time, he got in, we don't leave towels in the bath, by the way, but he got in the bath and covered himself with towels. And for some reason, we just thought, well, Zion's just thrown these towels in the bath and we didn't find him for ages. He was hid. But the thing I want to draw attention to is that sickening feeling when you can't find Somebody, uh, I mean, in the home, it's 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 real, but maybe not as real as a couple of times in our experience with our children. Once at a football match, I took Nathan and Josh, his brother, to a football match, and they were probably six, seven years of age. And uh, Josh went missing. We're in the cop in Mansfield, so it's thousands and thousands of people. It's just <laughs> packed Mansfield town, you know. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, and there and was so, you know, and, and Nathan has come. They've gone off, run off, because they got bored with the football. But they, Nathan's come back, and then I'm like, where's Josh? And there's that panic. I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? That panic you feel. And what had happened is Josh had seen somebody in the crowd who had the same shoes as me, gone to them, looked up, and realized it wasn't me. He had, at six years of age, though, the presence of mind... To see a police woman, a police lady uh, uh, on the pitch side go to her and she was walking around carrying him. So I found him. There were days after that that I thought I wish we had never found him but we did find him. I want to talk about this today. Who's missing? Who's missing? I wonder if God feels like we do about our children, about his children. I wonder if God feels the same. That's what I love about this passage because it addresses the fact that Peter in this moment is missing. You know, the, the angel says to the women who've come to anoint Jesus, and of course Jesus isn't there, but he, he, the angel says, find the disciples and Peter. Tell the disciples and Peter. Go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee you know i'm not talking about this through a covid lens like you know who's not come back to church yet or because i think that would just miss the heart of this message but i believe we've all got and peter's in our life and in this moment post the resurrection peter could have been forgotten peter needed to hear the message too that jesus was alive and that he was looking for him you see, Peter is not in this verse classed with the disciples. Tell the disciples and Peter. You actually might be online today and you might be Peter in this moment. The disciples in this moment is the ten. Judas, of course, has, has gone out and um, hung himself. And then there's the eleven. But Peter is not being with the disciples. The disciples is the ten. But for God, Peter was still included. And I love that. You see, maybe Peter wasn't with the ten because of his denial. And he had the potential within himself to exclude himself from the group who would go to Galilee. The potential to exclude himself because he didn't feel worthy. Or for some other reason. And Peter was just not going to be where he needed to be. God had a purpose, though, for Peter still. And someone had to light the fire. Of that purpose in Peter. I mean, in just seven weeks, Peter would be the guy who would stand up after the Holy Spirit is poured out on the day of Pentecost. When the church is born and he would preach a message about Jesus and 3,000 people would become followers of Jesus on that day. And somebody had to light that fire again in Peter. And so the angel says, go tell the disciples, but also tell Peter Also, Peter, actually, the person who wrote the words we've read is a person called Mark. His full name is John Mark. And Peter would be one of the apostles who would uh, disciple him, who would train John Mark for periods of times. And at this moment, Peter was needed for that too, for that personal connection with other people. I think as well the other disciples I know I would have been disappointed with him because of his denial. And although there's no sense of that in the text, in the Gospels, I think that's because the women did what they were told. In fact, they went straight away and found Peter and the disciples. And in in just moments, Peter is running to the tomb. They were sent with a message. And I think we've been sent with a message. We're still including you. You're still part of the family. God has a purpose for you. You belong here. Perhaps that's someone today needs that message. Maybe you're here in the room or in Derby or you're online and you need to know today we are still including you. You are still part of the family and God has a purpose for you. And I think it's important for us to reach out to the Peters in our world, don't you? To include them. Jesus wanted Peter to know you're still wanted You know, you are still loved and you are still valued. I am still including you. You've not blown it. Like, you've not blown it. You've not done anything too much to keep you away from God's purpose. There's always a way back. So my question to us all today is, who's missing? And as I say, it's not who hasn't come back yet to church, Uh, after COVID, but who's missing? Who do we need to reach out to? We launch Alpha tomorrow. I wonder who's missing from the list of people that have signed up. It's so good that uh, people have signed up for Alpha, and we've got another course running starting tomorrow, but I wonder even today whether there's somebody on our hearts that's missing from that list, and that we just need to invite. I mean, who's missing from maybe our car journey? To church who's missing who's missing from that car journey Uh, who's missing from our teams you know that we just need to say you're still part of the family we're still including you who's missing from that journey of following jesus you know it can be disappointment in for us disappointment yeah disappointing for us when people are missing can't it we feel that disappointment when our friends or our family are kind of missing in action from faith. You know, the psalmist knew about this. He says this in Psalm 55, verses 12 to 14. He says, It's not an enemy that taunts me. I could bear that. It's not my foes who insult me arrogantly. I could have hidden from my foes. Instead, it's you my equal, my companion, and my close friend. What good fellowship we once enjoyed as we walked together to the house of God. He remembers this time of friendship, of joy, of laughter, of faith together and companionship. And we remember that too with some of the people who in our world might be missing. But our focus today is not that disappointment or that sadness, but our focus is the faith And the word of Jesus that comes to us and says, go tell the disciples and Peter. Go tell them. Faith because they are not forgotten by God. Faith because the people in your world and my world who used to go with you to the house of God, God is still working in their hearts and their lives. Faith because there are many and Peters that God is speaking to and calling. I'd love to read another story that actually helps with this. It's in Luke chapter 14, and I'll start reading at verse 16. It says this, Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. You know, Jesus is talking in story form about him coming and saying the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is among you. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've bought a field and I need to inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought uh, five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, Now go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. And after this servant had done this, he reported there's still room for more. So his master said, okay, now go into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. I think these stories tell us God has a passion for all people. And God's, it talk about God's instruction to us, His people, the servant in the second story, the women in the first story, His instruction to us, go and tell, go and invite. And it tells us about God's desire for us all to enjoy all that he has to offer in the kingdom of God. You know, I love that about God. Many people think God's mad, God's angry, God's against them, but God is seeking to win us and to call us home like a father does when he's lost a son. All the father can think about is, my child, I need to find my children. So from these two stories, I want to just share three things that I believe God wants to encourage us with today. And the first is this. God, I've already said it, God has gone before us. God has gone. Maybe you thought, as I went through these uh, few minutes, you've thought of some people. You've thought of people you used to go to church with or used to go to church with you. You've thought of people of friends, of family. And uh, you think, well, maybe it's time for an inclusion and an invitation in them I want to let you know, I believe God has gone before you. God is going before you. Uh, Nathan, Nathan Benji here often says this, God is doing more behind our backs than he is in front of our faces. And he is. I believe, uh, although sometimes we don't see it, the Holy Spirit is at work in the lives of people around us. He's speaking to them. Things are happening that we cannot see. Uh, Nathan uh, often tells many football stories, doesn't he? And uh, as stories of you know, people he, he uh, plays football with or has played football with and invited along to church. And Nathan has seen some impact and some response. In fact, some of those players have come here and some have uh, responded. But I want to say today, I really felt as I was preparing this that there's more to come even from those football stories. And I want to prophesy, Nathan, to you that some of those stories you've told about people where you've invited and it feels like there's not been any response. Some of those conversations you've had about church and and, uh, questions you've had about religion, some of those are seeds that God is still watering and God is still working on. But you know, I want to prophesy that to all of us today. Because we've all maybe got our stories. You see, I love this verse in the book of Acts, Acts 18 verses 9 to 10. It says, one night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision, do not be afraid, keep on speaking, do not be silent, for I am with you, no one's going to attack you, because I have many people in this city. I, I, I believe that God has many people in Chesterfield, in Derby. In Sheffield, in Stocksbridge, in Rotherham, God has many people that he is speaking to and he is working. I have many people in this city. God has gone before us. People of all ages, all walks of life. I love the fact that I think it was this last Friday, Icon Youth, which has been really fruitful and successful here in Chesterfield, but I think on Friday... They were, had, we had Icon Youth in Derby, and we also had Icon Youth in Mansfield, I think, in a, in a new venue for the first time. And a big shout-out to Jacob and Alice Yeomans, who are doing incredible things there. God has gone before us. The women on the way to the tomb, who will roll the stone away? God had gone before them. The disciples, tell the disciples and Peter, he is risen, and he's going ahead of you into Galilee, and he will meet you there just like he said. He's gone before you. I believe that there's people that you've prayed for, maybe people you're currently praying for, and God is working on their hearts and on their lives. I believe there 's family members, and God is working in their hearts and in their lives. brothers, sisters, aunties, nieces, nephews, uncles, spouses. God is moving and working on their life he 's gone before you there 's people in your workplace, colleagues who you 've been praying for you 've been thinking. Well, it would be great to see them. In God's house, the Holy Spirit, I believe, is working in their hearts. Neighbors, maybe people in your street, Uh, maybe neighbors who've never spoken to you yet, maybe new neighbors who are going to come into your street, maybe new neighbors who are going to, you're going to find when you move into a new house, there's people. And then there's loads of people we've never met yet, and God is working in their hearts. God has gone before us. Do you believe it, church, today? Do you believe it in Derby today? God has gone before us. The second thing from these stories is God asks us to be the invitation. And don't forget Peter. Go tell the disciples and Peter. And we've all got our Peters. The psalmist, again, some incredible words in Psalm 122, verses 1 and verse 4 says this. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. All the tribes of Israel, the Lord's people, make their pilgrimage here. They come to give thanks to the name of the Lord as the law requires of Israel. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. God asks us to be the invitation. This verse is about pilgrimage, about the festivals, about the celebrations, the conferences, if you like, that Israel used to have and where they all would travel to Jerusalem and they would worship God at specific times of the year. They had seven major feasts during the year and there would be that invitation, come, let's go together into the house of God. Let's go to Jerusalem to worship for a festival. Icon conferences is back Our festival, our conference is back. I wonder, is there someone that we need to invite to conference, to come along? I was glad when they said to me, let us go. We're not the Savior. Again, we hear that a lot at Icon Church. But we are the invitation. And this is simply how Jesus started his mission. Invitation. Come, follow me, he says to the disciples. Come and see. When people asked him questions, come and see. These two phrases show us the power of invitation. Yeah. In 2018, uh, Tierfund uh, did a survey, a national survey. I think they, uh, they interviewed tens of thousands of people. And they discovered from that survey that one in 20 people would join us at church if they were asked, invited. One in 20. Now, what that means is that you and I have got to be willing to receive 19 no's before the one yes. Yeah. You've got to be willing to invite, 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 and the answer be no. And I'm not going to do it 19 times, but you get the message, don't you? Invite, 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 until the yes. It means that maybe you've got to invite the same person 19 times before the yes it's the power of invitation i want to show you a instagram post this is uh, lisa and natalie and uh, lisa's uh, recently had to move to france with uh, her family they've relocated in france and this was i think the, the penultimate weekend in church for Lisa. It feels to me like Lisa's been part of our church for forever. She's been part of our church for like 20 years or so, something like that. And eight years ago, she invited a neighbor, Natalie, who we all, if you're in Chesterfield, you, we all know and love, and, and, and maybe many people from our other campus know us. But look at that paragraph, what Natalie wrote. They had that photo Um, taken under the, the banner because Lisa was moving. Natalie wrote this, one friend can change your entire life. Lisa, from the moment you walked me into Icon Church, the trajectory of my life changed forever. And for that, I will never in this lifetime be able to repay you. There's a testimony in a post. Eight years ago, An invitation. I believe there's people today in our world who are hurting that can find healing in God's house. There are people who are lonely and God wants to put them in His family. There are people who are afraid and God wants them to find His peace. There are people who are anxious and God wants them to know His rest. There are people who just need to know that Jesus is the answer. That they've tried everything else and they've tried everything else but still feel they can't get satisfied. Jesus is the answer. We are the invitation come and see follow me i wonder who could we give that invitation to this week who could we bring with us to conference this autumn this icon conference and the final thing and the worship team are going to come back and join me is this god's goal is a full house did you see it? a full house? Now, obviously, we, when we think about that, we think of our buildings, don't we, a full building? But God's house is bigger than our buildings. Yeah. So God's vision is way bigger than the paradigm we put on that. In Luke 14, the verses we read, 22 and 23, said this, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind and lame. After the servant had done this, He reported there's still room for more, so his master said, Now go into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. The context of this is that banquet in God's kingdom, that that party in God's kingdom, that sense that God wants people to enjoy all that he has for them in his kingdom. This, this context speaks about you and I and all of us doing life together with Jesus as Lord, with God's people. It's life in God's kingdom, following Jesus together. And God wants that for everyone. You know, every generation downsizes the vision of Jesus because of its experience. We think a full house is a, a full building. and oh, Come on, let's start there, eh? And uh, that's great. But we, we get too focused on what exists, on what's now. Maybe sometimes on people's previous responses. Instead of seeing what God intends to do, go everywhere, speak to everyone so that my house may be full. Let me read you three scriptures that show you the extent of the vision that Jesus has for people. Jesus came to the disciples again after the resurrection and he says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the end of the age. This is no small vision. This is go, make disciples in all the nations, baptizing them. When the Holy Spirit falls on the day of Pentecost, Prior to that, Jesus calls the disciples and he says, you're going to be witnesses in Jerusalem right now where you live. In Judea, the county around you. Samaria, which is the larger area where you live and to the ends of the earth. The vision of Jesus is no small thing. These verses talk about Jesus is king. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go and make disciples, followers, apprentices, people who will obey what I've commanded. And I am with you. God has gone before us, but God will also go with us. The Holy Spirit will empower us and the Holy Spirit will use us. And His vision is all people, all nations. Two verses from the book of Romans and then I'm going to pray. Romans 1 and verse 5 says, Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all the nations for his name. That's the vision of Jesus. The obedience of faith in all the nations. Romans 16 verse 26, But now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God so that the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. Paul starts and ends his letter with this vision, that the vision of Jesus is that all nations come to follow him. All people, in all generations, at all time. The obedience of faith in all nations. Everyone, everywhere, for all time. So I want us to ask today, who's missing It could be a friend, it could be somebody in our family, it could be a colleague, it could be a neighbor. Somebody is a Peter. And today, we're not lamenting, and we're not criticizing, and we're not judging people. Like, where have you been? We're not judging today. We're not getting angry at them, we're not getting mad, and we're not getting judgmental. You know, you should be doing this or that. No, today, we're extending the invitation. God includes you. You're still part of the family. We're inviting you. Welcome home. We're praying for you. We're believing for God to move in their lives. We're standing on the promises of God that God has gone before us. You see, we're just told to tell them. Like the women, include them. Don't forget Peter. Don't forget Peter. He might not be where he needs to be right now, but don't forget Peter. And right now, I, I want to give you that invitation, either in the room or in Derby or online. I want to give you that invitation. If you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I want to give you that invitation, and somebody will come and lead you in a few moments. But I want to also give you the invitation to follow Jesus in this moment. You know, this, this weekend, in all our campuses, we're signing up for Connects that relaunch. I want to give you that invitation to join a connect group, be a part of a connect group and do life together with God's family. But also tomorrow, as I mentioned earlier, we're launching Alpha again. And maybe you're online, Alpha's online, maybe you're in Derby, maybe you're in Chesterfield, wherever you are. I want to give you the invitation to know more about Jesus, to know more about following Jesus. I want to give you the invitation to join alpha you can find the the links in our website and quite easily and you can just sign up and join there i want to give you that invitation and so right now before we worship and before we invite you to follow jesus personally i wonder could we all stand if you're in the room in derby or in chesterfield let's stand because i want to pray for the people you thought of the people in your world and the people in my world who perhaps are not where they once were, or perhaps are not where they, God wants them to be. And today is not a day for us to be sad, but a day for us to hear the message. Go tell them. Go tell them. Make that invitation. So Lord, as we've today heard your word and we've gone through this message, there's been people that have rushed across our hearts, people that have come into our minds, And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have brought them there. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, you are speaking to us about them today. There are people who are far away from you, Lord God, that we know. And we just want to ask you to move on them and move in them. In Jesus' name today. We want to ask you to fill us with your Holy Spirit. And we believe today that you have gone before us. And that you have many people in our towns and in our cities. And there are many people even connecting with us online today that you are speaking to to follow you. We thank you for all you're going to do. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the Savior. We ask you to help us today to be the invitation. We pray for uh, our churches, our campuses. We pray for our conference. We pray that your house may be full. In Jesus' name. And all the church said... Amen. Amen. Let's worship.